Well, friends, welcome to church. Thanks for joining us for our evening podcast. And if you've joined us for the very first time, a special welcome to, to you. Tonight, we're going to be exploring the theme of Jesus' ascension. When he was hanging, dying on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. And it's easy to think that, well, his work was done until he returns. But of course, he was buried and then rose again and then spent this time appearing to people and then he ascended to heaven. What's that all about? We're going to be exploring that together tonight. In a moment, we're going to sing and I will have a time of prayer and we're going to hear some people from our 6 p.m. congregation share about how they've been coping with uh, the current isolation and uh, what they've been doing to keep encouraging one another in our faith. Uh, but right now, let me pray for us. Dear loving Father, thank you for the fresh air and the sunlight and the sound of the birds singing in the trees. Thank you that we can sing your praises and that we have a, such a great message to sing about. Father, we ask your blessing on our time together tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, friends, let's join our voices in singing right now. Against the sea, I'll 
It's great to sing together, isn't it? And that song is backed by popular demand. It was a new song to many people last week. But if you'd like to sing some more, in the introduction to tonight's podcast, I've put some links to more songs on YouTube. Look them up, sing to your heart's content when the podcast is through. Right now, we're going to hear from some families, and I've asked them two questions. Firstly, uh, what have you been doing to occupy yourselves in this time of isolation and school holidays as well? And secondly, what are you doing to encourage one another in our knowledge and love for Jesus? Take a look. G'day, uh, we're the Sanders family. We've been enjoying our time in isolation together. This is what we've been up to. Uh, we've been painting our house um, from a, a white to dark blue. Uh, we've also been making multiple skate ramps and um, camping in the backyard and having a fire. Uh, we're really enjoying our time together and we're really thankful um, to God for um, our little home and our shelter. Uh, we've been also Zooming some friends and we've been asking them these questions. So uh, what have we been doing for the last uh, 15 years and uh, what are we looking forward to the next 15 years and what uh, difference is Jesus making in our lives at the moment? Hi, we're the Williamsons and while we've been in isolation, we've done lots of things like walking our dog Maggie on the beach. And playing Finsker in the park playing lots of fun board games, inventing lots of fun board games. We've each cooked a meal for dinner. And we've watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Something we've done to encourage each other in our faith has been, together we are reading this book by Tim Chester called Enjoying God. Uh, we each read the same chapter and then at dinner we'll discuss that chapter, what we learn from it, and then use that to pray for each other. It's been fantastic. Thanks so much to those families for sharing. It's so encouraging to hear what you've been up to. We're going to read the Bible now. So grab whatever Bible you normally use and look up Luke 24 and also Acts chapter 1. Hi everyone, Ryan Brin here and today we're going to be reading the Bible passages. The first reading comes from Luke chapter 24 verses 50 to 53. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. The second passage is Acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. 
He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. G'day friends, my name is Pete Stacey and I'm so glad you can join us. What a fantastic passage this is, where we see the arrival of the promised Holy Spirit and the followers of Jesus having moved from the absolute devastation of seeing him die on the cross, now to the overflowing joy, having seen him numerous times after the resurrection. And here they see him ascend to heaven with the promise that the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on all believers in a whole new way. Exciting times. And it would be great for us uh, here today to follow this passage uh, closely, but that's not what we're going to do. Uh, those of you who regularly attend our church know that our normal practice is to read a passage like this and then to explore it uh, in detail to understand what God is saying to us and how his word can shape our lives. And if you want to do that, jump on our website and under the Listen tab, you'll find a whole series of messages exploring the book of Acts. It was a couple of years ago. It was great. Uh, but today, we're going to follow a theme through. We're going to look at the ascension of Jesus. What we've just read tells us what happened. But why is it important? Why did Jesus have to go away? And where is he now? And what's he doing? And I think we need to ask that question, why does it matter anyway? What difference does it make to our lives today? Well, before we dive in, let's ask God for his help. Father in heaven, what we know not, teach us. What we are not, make us. What we have not, give us. For your glory alone. Well, to follow this theme, we're going to be jumping into lots of different passages from the Bible. So keep your Bible open there at Acts chapter 1, and I'll put the other passages on the screen. Now, if you're taking notes, I've broken it into three parts. Uh, the preparation, the position, and thirdly, the purpose of the ascension. That way, you know exactly how fast we're moving. Let's begin with the preparation. One of God's mercies, when you know someone is departing, is that you have the opportunity to prepare and to say the really important things. And that's what Jesus does here. And he's so gracious. After his suffering and death on the cross, his burial 
and then rising again. Don't you think you just want to go back to heaven? Yeah, go and see the Father immediately. But instead, he spends time with his disciples. 40 days, according to verse 3. And what does he do? Well, he teaches them about the kingdom of God. That's what we saw last week, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus explained how the whole Old Testament was pointing forward to and was fulfilled in him. I like the bit here in verse 4 when uh, it says there, while he was eating with them. There's Jesus just hanging out with the disciples, chewing on lunch and having a chat. So real, so human, so alive. And yet, after the resurrection, so wonderfully divine as well. And it happens again and again. Uh, Over in uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul said this, Well, he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. So many eyewitnesses of his resurrection. And what was Jesus doing? Well, by appearing to them, he banished their fears and disarmed their doubts. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he taught them all they needed to know for their life of ministry ahead. He prepared them for the coming of the Holy Spirit and he commissioned them to be his witnesses. And then, only then, was he ready to leave them. Imagine Thomas wrestling with his doubts without the Lord's gracious appearing And reassurance. Thomas, put your finger in my hand. Put your hand in my side. Imagine Peter, the broken-hearted denier, without the Lord's forgiveness. Yeah, the last time their eyes had met was in a fire-lit courtyard as a rooster was crowing. Now Jesus meets him on a bench to reinstate him and to refocus him as a leader in ministry. Imagine Mary, his distressed mother, who watched her son die on the cross and wept on John's shoulder. Now seeing, hearing, perhaps touching her risen son before his departure. Imagine all of his followers, full of joy, but lacking direction without his clear commission to spread the good news. Final words. Final words are often very significant. Luke chapter 24, as we heard a moment ago, said this, Jesus lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Their final and enduring image of Jesus was of him blessing them. It's wonderful, isn't it? It calls to mind the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, blessing their sons. It's what a loving father does to his children. Now, we don't have a record of the exact words, but the posture alone reveals the magnificent, caring character of our Lord towards his followers. I can just say that if you are a follower of Jesus, then know for certain that you are blessed by him. Over in Ephesians chapter 1, it's a fantastic chapter. When we're finished, why don't you look it up and read it? Uh, Paul says this. He's exploding with... uh, He can't, can't contain his words. He says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms 
with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then he goes on with a whole list of blessings. Friends, we are blessed by Jesus. What a gracious, loving friend he is. And Luke tells us how the disciples responded having seen Jesus depart. And I think it's a really helpful model for us. Verse 52 says, They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Worship, obedience, and great joy. What a superb combination. Wouldn't it be great if we were known as a church, if people described us as a church, a bunch of people who worship Jesus, who do what Jesus says, and are filled with joy. That'd be fabulous. Jesus' disciples, they were well prepared for his departure. And I think that's why Jesus' exit from earth was just as miraculous as his entrance. Imagine if he just appeared less and less often over a long period of time. His disciples would be waiting, hoping, looking around, hoping to see him again. And eventually, I think they'd just be disillusioned. But there was a clear and remarkable moment of departure. They saw it, they understood what it meant, and they were prepared. Well, let's now consider where Jesus is now. Let's consider his position. Luke finishes his gospel and begins his history of the church, not with a suffering Christ, not with a crucified or buried Christ, not even with a risen Christ, but with an exalted Lord at his Father's side on the throne of heaven. If we jump back to Acts chapter 1, verse 9 says, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Now the upward upward direction indicates God's approval. It's a sign of being honoured, being lifted up, being exalted. And the cloud, of course, that's a familiar Old Testament sign of God's presence. This is exactly what Jesus said would happen. In John chapter 6, he said to his disciples, I came from the Father and entered the world. Now... I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. And again in Luke chapter 22, uh, he says, From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of Almighty God. From those verses, we can see that even before his departure, he was preparing his disciples. So when Peter explained what had happened, just uh, to the crowds, just a few moments later in Acts chapter 2, he said this, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honour in heaven at God's right hand. Now if we jump back to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, 16 verses later, Paul is still talking about the blessings we have in Christ. And when he mentions God's power at work in our hearts, one of the blessings, he adds this. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and, now listen to this description of Jesus' position, and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. 
And God placed all things, all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. The fact that Jesus is enthroned as master of the universe should be of great encouragement to all believers. The early Christians, they sang about it, and so do we. I love that, uh, that song in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now those words, they should fill our hearts with joy. But I think it's fair that they, they also raise some serious questions in our minds as well. You see, not every knee is bowing. Not every tongue is confessing. In fact, to be honest, at a time like this, when our society is becoming more and more anti-Christian, and we're all caught in a global pandemic, it doesn't feel like all things under Jesus' feet and his head over everything. I mean, is he really in control? Well, the answer is found in our third point. What is the purpose of Jesus' ascension? And it has a lot to do with timing. You see, this was the beginning of a whole new stage of history in God's plan for the world. Now, we've already seen uh, that Jesus' position at his right hand is not for resting, but for ruling. And it's an image of uh, not of inactivity, but of authority. So remember his words in uh, that great commission in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. He states his position and power. Then he explains the implications. I rule, he says, Therefore, you go. Now, someone might object. Couldn't the risen, ruling Jesus just force everyone to believe in him? Oh, yeah, of course he could. And that will happen at his return to judge the world. But his purpose now is to give us time. Time to share the gospel so people can hear the good news, can turn from sin and put their trust in Christ and be saved. In Romans uh, chapter 2, Paul puts it pretty bluntly. Do you think you'll escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance and patience, not realising that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. See, the purpose of Jesus' ascension is to give us time, time to share the good news with all who will listen, knowing that the power is not in our meagre efforts to speak, but in Jesus and his gospel message. That means that the outcome of our sharing always achieves his good purpose. Sometimes that's to save lost souls, and sometimes it's to reveal hard hearts. Now, the purpose of Jesus' ascension was to give us time to share the gospel. But it was also to give us his wonderful, powerful Holy Spirit. 
he explained it to his disciples like this. Truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, the Spirit would not be sent until Jesus had ascended. And that's a good thing. See, like us, Jesus in his humanity was physically in one place. Yeah, He could not be in Jerusalem and in Galilee at the same time. No more than I can be in Sydney and Shaw Harbour at the same time. But by his Spirit, he now dwells with and comforts and counsels and encourages and strengthens and empowers the witness of believers all over the planet at the same time. Friends, it's a good thing that Jesus ascended so the Spirit could come. Now in heaven, Jesus is not only a king who rules, but also a priest who intercedes for us. He represents us before God the Father. You can imagine Jesus saying, Hey Dad, I think this follower of mine needs a, a little extra help and encouragement. Now the, the writer of Hebrews explored this thing. For example, in chapter 4 we read, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, in Old Testament times, access to God's presence was limited to one person, the high priest, to one place, the Holy of Holies, and to one time, the Day of Atonement. But because Jesus has ascended and is our high priest permanently in heaven, all believers have direct access to God in prayer, in all places, at all times, whenever and wherever. One writer reflected on this and uh, wrote, How the angels must wonder why we make so little use of this privilege of an audience with the king. So Jesus ascended to give us time to share the good news. He ascended so the Holy Spirit could come. He's ready and waiting to hear our prayers and he's interceding for us in heaven. And lastly... Jesus is preparing a place for us. In John chapter 14, Jesus said this to comfort his disciples. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. Jesus is getting heaven ready for all who trust in him. We're right to feel a sense of joyful anticipation as we look forward to Jesus' return, to take us home. Now we approach the throne of grace in confident prayer, but one day we will be there with him forever. Friends, as we recognise more clearly who Jesus is, where Jesus is, and how he's actively caring for us right now, how should we respond? I think like the early Christians, we should worship him with grateful, joy-filled hearts. We should pray to him and seek to obey him in everything. And we should boldly share the good news of salvation in his name. Not just because other people need to hear it, 
but because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to our ascended Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Friends, let me close with the words of a very old hymn. Jesus, heavenly hosts adore you, seated at your Father's side. Crucified, this world once saw you. Now, in glory you abide. There for sinners you are pleading, and our place you now prepare, always for us interceding, till in glory we appear. Amen. Before we finish, we're going to hear from one more family about those two questions. What have you been doing in isolation? And how are you encouraging one another in your love for Jesus? Following that, we're going to spend some time praying together. G'day church, we're the Jessops. What we've been up to? Well, I've been gardening. I've been pretty puzzled. And I'm really good. Nobody told me there'd be days like these. Strange days indeed. Most peculiar, Mama. Um, what's been helpful for our faith um, in the school holidays is um, doing the Bible app. What we do is we have a family plan, the same plan, but we do it individually. Um, and then we come together afterwards to discuss it and just share what we've learned about that passage or that person in the Bible, whatever we want to share. Yeah. Let's pray. The words from Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. Father, you are amazing. You're loving, just and trustworthy. Every day we see evidence of the amazing work of your hands. We thank you for your love and your work in creating this world and us. And we thank you for your amazing creation that many of us have been able to enjoy a little more since the isolation started. We praise you as the sovereign Lord of the universe. We praise you that to you, the nations of the world are like a drop in a bucket and like the dust on the scales. We are so thankful to know that you own the cattle on a thousand hills and that nothing is too hard for you. We thank you that you care for us, that you number even the hairs of our heads and that all the days ordained for us are written in your book before any of them happened. We pray, Lord, for your return, confident in the saving work that you did on the cross in dying for our sins. And we would ask, as your word tells us to, to for forgiveness for the times when we have turned our back on you. Lord, help us to seek out the depths of the significance of your sacrifice and weed out all manner of wrong from our thoughts and actions. And we thank you again for the assurance of forgiveness because of your death and resurrection. In the midst of these uncertain times, we pray that you would stop this virus and restore harmony and health to the nations, especially Australia. We thank you for all those who have dedicated their lives to serving our community, for health workers, doctors, nurses, paramedics, and especially those who labour in labs seeking a vaccine for the coronavirus. Give them wisdom, skill and patience in their work, and by your grace, give them success in their endeavours. We also pray for those who govern us, for our Prime Minister, Premiers and Chief Ministers, for their courageous leadership and national cooperation across states and territories. Grant them wisdom in their decisions as they navigate the threats to lives and livelihoods. We also pray for our police force, our emergency services and defence force personnel 
as they seek to maintain order in our country. May all Australians respect their work, accept the limitations in our freedoms and seek the welfare of others for the good of all. And we pray also for ourselves and our families, especially those who have lost loved ones to this disease and for those suffering from its effects. May we know the peace that passes understanding as we place our trust in you, in whose powerful name we do pray. Lord, help us to trust you more. Lord, we also pray for those who are sick or suffering, not just from the coronavirus, and also for those who are grieving and unemployed. Help them to know your peace and sovereignty in these tough times. Father, we pray at this time for families and parents as they raise their children to love Christ. Help them to disciple their children, that they would grow to love and fear you, and help us all to be seeking out the Bible's wisdom and to be applying that in our lives. Lord, we also bring before you the ministry of our church, as changed as it might be. We pray for a refreshing break for the Connect Group leaders, and also that each Connect Group would work hard at remaining connected in these isolated times. We also thank you that the Melbourne Pantry has been able to continue for the volunteers and for the contact into the community that it has, that it would bring glory to your name. Lord, help us to work out ways to share your gospel message with our community, even in times like this. Give us the words to say and lead us into situations where we can share. Father, we also pray for our mission partners overseas, for the forests, the sparks, and particularly at this time for Amy Stevens in Argentina. We pray for their well-being in isolation and for their continued work and efforts to support others who are struggling with this isolation. Likewise, Lord, we bring before you the churches in our local area, particularly praying today for the Bulai Manuna Anglican Churches. Help them to be trusting in you and seeking to support the communities in Bulai and Manuna at this time. All this, Lord, we pray and give you thanks that you are sovereign. Help us to know your peace and to trust in you. Amen. That's the end of our podcast tonight. I hope you found it very helpful as we've explored together what the ascension is all about. Jesus right now is beside God the Father on heaven's throne. And he's not resting, he's ruling. He's giving us time to share the good news with others. He's given us the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and empower us to live the Christian life. He's interceding for us and he's preparing a place for all who put their trust in him until he returns in glory to judge and to save. Friends, if you're not sure about heaven, can I encourage you to join us in just nine days time for the life course. We're going to spend five weeks exploring the basics of the Christian faith and what it means to follow Jesus. So if that's you, or if you'd simply like a refresher in what we believe, please do get in touch with us so that we can make the most of that opportunity together. And friends, as we go into another week, remember that Jesus is our risen, ruling Saviour in heaven, ready to hear and respond to our prayers, ready to strengthen us by His Spirit and help us to persevere until we see Him face to face. Have a great week and we'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.